0: I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. We're going to be looking at the book of Daniel uh, today. Uh, Great scripture, so relevant for today, the book of Daniel. If I want to encourage you for two books to read, it's the book of Ephesians. uh, Three, actually, sorry. Ephesians, uh, Hebrews, and the book of Daniel. Um, Those are the three books that I'm going to encourage you to be reading in this season. Uh, uh, You will... Find in those three books, uh, I believe what God is doing and what God uh, desires for his people. And so I want to encourage you to, uh, to dive into those books. Um, and you're going to see some nuggets in there. So in Daniel chapter 3, uh, this is a familiar uh, story to many of us. You should have been taught this in Sunday school. How many remember Sunday school? And the flannel boards, come on, amen, and stuff like that. That's right. I remember my first experience in Sunday school. They said, if you show up, you get some prize or something like that. Like, they market, and they said you can win a prize. And so um, I wasn't even a believer yet, and, um, but I went because they told me you can get a prize. And so I would get for attendance, and um, the first thing I did was I got a Bible for my mom. That's the first thing I did. I went and got a Bible for my mom. I was probably maybe 13 at the time, 14 years of age. I got her a Bible. And then the next thing I got was for me. Amen. So come on, y'all don't act holy like that. The first thing I got was for mom. Then I'm like, this one's for me. I'm not showing up here just for her anymore. Amen. I want my own prize. And uh, you, you praise God. You know what I'm saying? Showing up for yourself is a good thing. So, um, and so what I want to do is uh, go to the book of Daniel, chapter number 3. Again, Daniel Revelation Revelation is, is one of those books that really speak to the end times and and what's happening and uh, the different kingdoms that that exist. And so in Daniel chapter 3, as I was praying into this particular theme, and and August is a great month. Um, It is. It's my birthday month, not birthday day. It's my birthday month. And uh, we were someplace yesterday. The guy's like, oh, it's your birthday. I'm like, of course. It's August 1st, I could have been born on any day in August. So praise God, I celebrate them all, amen. And so, um, but the winner was August 14th. And, and so the month of August is really neat. But I, what I sense pastorally, uh, what I really feel in my spirit is that um, God is pouring out uh, in his people, followers of Christ. Let me be very specific, followers of Christ. He's pouring out a season of confidence. A season of confidence. Though we began January, February, we're like, okay. And I'm, I don't know how many of you do a word for the year. You pick a word in January, and that's the word that you carry through for the rest of the year. If you don't do that, I suggest you do something like that. Um, you're not sinning. It's something good just to kind of keep you focused, right? And God can change if he wants to, but but you start that way. But I can imagine everybody that had a word for the year, that all just got shocked, <laughs> I don't know what to describe. You know what I mean? The word is unprecedented. You know what I mean? And The new normal. I mean, just every single word. But what I believe is this word confidence is so critical if you are going to thrive for the remainder of the year. How many believe that God's in control? Of of course we do. Of course we do. We say it. We, 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 We hope it. But the reality is we need confidence to live it out. And so confidence is vital. And so in Daniel chapter 3, we're going to be looking at verses 15 to to 25. And and if you know this story, please indulge me as I read it, perhaps for those who are online or for those who share the message. Maybe perhaps this is a new person who just happened to go on my TGP and they're listening to this message. That's my prayer. I want them to fully understand um, this this, this story. And so in Daniel chapter 3, verse 14. Let's begin with the king uh, whose name is pretty long. It's Nebuchadnezzar. Imagine the parents, uh, you know, what are you going to call him? Nebuchadnezzar, right? And so um, it could be a title perhaps, but it's, it's long. And so Nebuchadnezzar, it's in verse 14. He's speaking now. And so what had happened prior to this was that Nebuchadnezzar had built an idol. It was an image. He built it. He had the authority to do it. And so he builds this image, and he says that whenever you hear the music, he was specific, any kind of music, he says, when you hear the music, I want you to take your instrument, I want you to use what you have, and I want you to either play or I want you to bow. You got to do either one of those two things. You either have to play or you have to bow. And so the people who had confidence... And Nebuchadnezzar's authority responded. They did. So you see how confidence is already at work? So if you had confidence in his ability to carry through, then you would obey what he said. This is an earthly king. Do we get this now? So an earthly king that people perceived had the authority the people responded. I'll say that again. The earthly king that people had confidence in That had the authority to carry out what they say, the people responded. And so here it is now that they looked around, and so everybody was either playing an instrument or they were bound to the image, and all of a sudden, three individuals stood out. The reason why they stood out was not because they did anything wrong, it was because everybody else was bowing. And so, if you're going to be a people of confidence, you are going to stand out. See, that's why this message is for followers of Christ. People who are praying that God would heal this nation. People that are praying for for justice. People who are praying that, that we will see the hand of God move in this nation, in this world. If that's you, you're going to stand out. And so if you're going to stand out, you might as well demonstrate confidence. And so this is what brings to verse 14, because Nebuchadnezzar and I realize, who are these three Hebrew boys? So there's the book of Hebrews, but there's also the three Hebrew boys. And so Nebuchadnezzar, verse 14, answered and said to them, is it true? Is it true that what my eyes have witnessed and what I was told is it true? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So now these weren't their Hebrew names. These were their Babylonian names. So right now we're seeing a conflict or we're seeing what we call the crisis or a comparison of crisis. So he calls them by the Babylonian name that was given to them. But these Hebrew boys are going into a deeper, a deeper, a deeper discipleship than what King Nebuchadnezzar has ever experienced. Because you have to have some sort of authority to go against authority. So he says, is it true? And he calls their name. So, so put your name in, in, in right there. If the enemy would ask you, is it true? Come on, and put your name in there. Because we know from... Genesis chapter 2, come on, and Genesis chapter 3, we see what he came said, Did God say, so trust me, the enemy is moving about the land and he's asking people, is it true that you were at the worship gathering at 1300 Mount Vernon Avenue? Is it true that you are watching online? Is it true that you actually believe that you have authority? So he puts a name in there because, see, the enemy doesn't want to call you by your name. He wants to call you by your past. See, don't confuse your past with history. Don't confuse it. The enemy wants to live in your past. That's why he says he's the God of yesterday, today, and forevermore. He lives in your past to quiet the enemy because he's in the present working on history, come on, to deal with your future. So that's why if you want confidence, you've got to get to a place of recognizing that the enemy wants to call you by your past. He wants to label you. So we have to deal with that. And he goes on and and he says that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image that I've set up. Now, if you are ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, so I'm going to give you another opportunity in case you missed the memo. So I'm going to be merciful to you. You see how that enemy works? Come on. You you, you must have missed it. Everybody else is doing it. What is your deal? It's not like you're compromised if everybody's doing it. It's not like you're, it's not like you do something wrong. Everybody is doing it. You see, we started a series on Wednesday that I believe the Lord really put in my heart about partnering with parents. And I was going to call it to raise confident children. He goes, no, no, no. It's to develop confident children. It's to develop them. And so I think it's important because we may have adult children think that, you know, it's old. But I promise you that the decision that they're making is based on their level of confidence or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. And so the culture, that seven-letter word is so powerful, that word culture. If we don't take back the language of the word culture, trust me, body of Christ, believers, we will be on a downward spiral that we will never be able to get off. You think Cedar Point roller coaster is something thrilling. Come on. The enemy wants to get that word culture and just drive it into the soul of your mind. So, therefore, you don't recognize how powerful it is. That word culture comes from the book of Genesis where God told them to cultivate, to replenish the earth. It, it's a word that speaks of behavior. It is a powerful word. That in the business, they call it culture, Trump's strategy every single time. So, you can have the best Strategy on how to live, but if the culture that you embrace, come on, that you're not able to withstand it, it'll mess up your strategy. And that's why we start well, but we end up not finishing well because the culture got in it. So he's saying to them, Listen, listen, guys, the culture is this: that everybody, everybody's bound, everybody is is bound down to the music. And he says, But but if you don't worship, you shall immediately be cast into the burning furnace. And who is the God? Here it is who will deliver you out of my hands. Father, we thank you for your word. I pray that God of deliverance will manifest his power in the mighty name of Jesus this morning. Amen. Amen. Okay, so what I want to do is I want to break down this, this the language of confidence, the language of confidence. And so I was told that my handwriting is horrible, so they did it for me. And um, I forgave them for, Talking bad about me, but but I had to concur. Because Megan said that was the case. Amen. So I had to I had to concur. But but the language of confidence, I want you to write down the language of confidence. There's a language to this word called confidence. There's a language. And, 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 so, and so there are seven Greek or combination of Greek and Hebrew words for this word confidence. I'm not gonna give you the Greek or the Hebrew. I'm just gonna give you what they basically mean. So this word confidence, it means security. And safety. See it in Daniel chapter three. Do you see that? That this where confidence means security and safety. And so, therefore, these three found security and safety in something other than King Nebuchadnezzar's decree. They had confidence, as assurance. So it means safety and security, as assurance, as courage, as hope, and as trust. That word trust. Now, for many of us, the word confidence, we understand from the concept of trust. Trust. But the question becomes, who is your confidence in? Who do you trust? And so what we must do then is is we must then paint a picture of this word confidence. And so what I've called this prophetic word is God-sized confidence. Right. You, you go to McDonald's or you go to Wendy's and you say, I want combo number one. And they ask you, what size do you want? Small, medium, large or supersize. Right. And so when I look at this word, God's size confidence, the reason why it's so important is because I don't have an issue with self-confidence. And neither does the Bible. What we have an issue with is small confidence. Is small confidence. Because when you have small confidence, it means then that your trust is not in a big God. And so based on your appetite when you go to the, to, to the drive-thru is what you ask for. So if you're really hungry, you would tell them, I want the largest you got because I'm hungry. And so therefore, the more of God that you want, he will continue to fill you. And so therefore, the one thing you can continually eat and it's okay is the things of God. And, and so and so, what we need is the God-sized confidence. Our, our kids need it. If there's one thing that I would say I need more of, it is confidence to come up here. And even though you do this over and over and over again, you still get to a place of where your stomach gets the butterflies and you still thank God. And so yesterday when I was putting this together and I was praying, I said, Lord, all I want to do is share your heart with your people. That's it, God. That's it. So I'm in your word, and you're giving me the language of confidence. And what he's saying is that what he's pouring out is this God-sized confidence. And so what we must do then is I want to paint a picture of confidence because here it is. You are somewhere on this board. You are. If you are a follower of Christ, you are somewhere on this board. If you're not on this board, then you're not saved at all. You're not. You're not a believer. And we can get you on the board, but we can't. Confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But if you are a believer, a follower of Christ, whether it's for a day or for 50 years, you are somewhere on this board. Because God wants you to recognize the God-sized confidence. And and so what we typically do is we begin over here first, and you hear more of anything else, this concept called self-confidence. That's what you hear the most of. And so I want to correct something that people have said. The reason why we look at self-confidence as being bad is because you're so far away from the source of confidence. So if we come over here and we look over here. What we see is the source of confidence. And so what happens is this is that we look at this world called self-confidence And because we're so far away from the source of confidence, we see a disconnect. And so automatically now, what do we do? We now, watch this now, we elevate self and we push down God. And so what people see is elevation of self and God is down here. And we are out of balance. We're out of balance. Right? And so what the enemy has done is says this. It is not the issue of self confidence. God wants you to have self confidence. And we're going to get to that. The issue is this. You're confusing self with flesh. Paul says, He says the reason and he used the word flesh when it comes to confidence and flesh is the pride of life. Come on. It's the lust of the eyes and it's the lust of the flesh. That is what the enemy doesn't want us to see. And so what happens now is that we now get to a place of where we look at self-confidence and we don't see the bigness of God. So we start to operate in our flesh. And it's in our flesh that we look at our resume, we look at our prejudice, I mean excuse me, we look at where we were born, we look at all these different things, and what do we do now? Because we gotta stay up, we start striving, we start performing, we start doing things now in our own strength, and so all of a sudden we become power hungry. We become power hungry. Why? Because we recognize that, that this is who I am, that I have to be me. I've got to be authentic. But how then can I actually, ready? here's the word, build self-confidence at the expense of seeing that people aren't seeing what God is doing. So we're out of balance. So what has happened is that our flesh is what's keeping us up as opposed to self being in balance. And so we have to look at the source of confidence. Okay, we, we got to look at that. What also happens is this. Okay, so Pastor o, I recognize that what I have to do. So in painting the picture, you have to get to a place where you now do what? You have to start with confidence. You got to start someplace. So make a commitment right now. Come on. Make a commitment right now. I'm going to start with confidence. I'm going to start with confidence. Because I got to recognize where am I putting my trust, my hope? My courage, my assurance, my security, and my safety. You see how massive the word confidence is? Listen, listen, watch this now. The reason why it is vital for us to take a look at confidence is because in first John chapter five, verse fourteen says you can't even pray without confidence. In first John chapter five, verse fourteen. And that we're going to God, we're going to God with prayer, but our prayers are small. Why? Because we don't have the confidence to actually make the request because we think we're full of self. And what we do know, you're bringing flesh into a holy place. But when you bring yourself into that, you need confidence. It says, we have confidence to know that what you ask, God can answer. That's what the three Hebrew boys were saying. What do you mean? Of course I've got self-confidence. Of course I do. And you want to know why? Because I believe the three Hebrew boys, their parents, come on, taught them how to be confident children. Because they took them from Israel and brought them to Babylon. And what they couldn't take out was the confidence that they were taught and was developed inside of them. Come on, to stand before a king and to declare, I'm not going to bow? Oh, we better start with confidence. I'm going to tell you, right now, it's never too late to sit down with your children. I don't care if they're 45. I don't care if they're four and sit down with them and start talk to them. Let's talk about this work called confidence, because I'm telling you, the decisions they make, who they marry, everywhere they go is all based on their confidence, who they trust. You're not neutral. You're not. You're either going to live the lies of the enemy or you're going to live by faith the precepts of God. One of the two. There is no neutral place. You came here today because of faith. Because God said you need to get up and be here and you're watching online because the Lord spoke to you and you came in agreement with that. Others are not nowhere near church. Why? Because they came in agreement with that as well. So you have to start with confidence. You have to do that. And here's why. Because what we need and what we need are people who are leaders with strong confidence. You can't follow anybody who doesn't have strong confidence. You can't trust them. You have no assurance. You have no courage. So what we need is strong confidence. That's what we need. And so this is painting the picture. And so now here it is now. Now it's balanced. Now it's balanced. And if you look on this side over here, this speaks of how you lead. Over here, this speaks about how you, or excuse me, your life. So over here, this is how I lead. Over here, this is my life. And right in the middle, someone say the middle. Yeah. Right in the middle is where we are. See, the reason why we have to deal with this thing called confidence is because three out of every 10 millennials say, and this is Barner Research, they are not Confident that they found their careers. Three out of ten. I pray to God, those three are believers. That they're saying we have no confidence in the career we have chosen. Millennials, that's what they're saying. Three out of ten. So, in other words, they want to lead their life, come on, but they don't have the confidence. And so we have to be able to now recognize, here's the deal, because over here your life is about your calling, over here is about your career. And so there needs to be a balance between your career and your calling. Because you are never able to withstand all that is taking place without recognizing your confidence, your trust, and your assurance that you are ready for this. I'm biblically balanced. That's why I don't bend, and that's why I don't bow. Come on. I'm biblically balanced. That I'm not so heavenly minded, I'm no earthly good. And I'm not so much full of the world, come on, that I don't know my residence. We've got to be biblically balanced. And you, come on, and I can never get a seat at the table because they'll never invite us because the moment we get a seat at the table, everything is leveled. Oh God. And there are people with agendas who are trying to be power hungry. And so the church has not been invited to the table. Because you ready for this? They have no confidence in what we bring. None whatsoever. Go do your thing over there. Just, just go do your thing over there. But the moment you get this biblically balanced mindset of this confidence to be able to look at a king and to look at systems and to look at structures. And you're going to be able to say, every time I open my mouth, I have the authority to speak because why I'm crowned with confidence. I come in the name of the Lord God Almighty and I'm biblically balanced. That your children can trust. If we're biblically balanced. And so therefore, what we need are prophetic people who know how to pastor. That's what we need. And so my desire and what I strive for and what I ask God for is God. I desire to pastor your people because we got preachers by the dozen. And with this change now, you can watch three or four different. But how many are being pastored in these last days? To be biblically balanced. i mean, to tell you, write this down. If you are biblically balanced, you will never bend and you'll never bow to the culture of this world. But you would walk in your department saying, I'm here because God sent me. And the reason why this company is blessed is because I'm here. Because the king says, who is this God that you are looking at? That's the question. What's going on in our society? It is not about you and I. Are you out of your mind? You think the enemy cares about us? It's about the God we serve. Come on. That's what the issue is about. Every battle is about which God are you going to have confidence in? That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And so people who are are people of faith, in our passing, we rejoice because we have confidence we're going to heaven. So you are indestructible. Write that down. You are indestructible when you live biblically balanced. And that's what's going on right here in this message. So so what do we have to do? We got to start because the pressure point is right here. And the pressure point right here is the book of Hebrews, is the book of Daniels, the book of Philippians. It is the Bible. It's right here. And this is where we are. We're not in heaven yet. Come on. And yet we got to make an impact here on earth. And it's right here. And so the battle that we're facing right here is how do I stay with confidence? How do I live a life of confidence? Pastor, how do I get to a place where, where, where my security and my safety and my assurance and my courage and my hope and my trust, how do I do that? Here's the deal. Some people lost their jobs during COVID-19. They, they, they lost their jobs. Some people did. And so, and so we have to look at this and we've got to realize now that, that what we need is is, is this confidence. And, and what we have to look at is this, is, is that confidence gives us this ability to have the security and the safety that no matter what happens, I'm still going to trust in God no matter what happens. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. So let's just take a five second break and let's just give God praise and glory and thank him for his confidence and for all that he's doing in my life. Stay Stay with confidence. Come on, don't leave it. Stay with confidence. But here is the pressure point right here. Here's the pressure point right here. How do I stay with confidence? How do I, when I was believing God for this and it didn't happen, how do I stay with confidence? And so in our story, we see what they said. They go on in verse 17. If it be so, our God, Daniel chapter 3. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. He would deliver us out of your hands, O king. But if not... Oh, come on, come on. Look at there. There's the sovereignty of God. There is confidence right there. He says, I know he delivered us in the beginning of Daniel chapter 1 where we didn't eat the king's meal. And so we ate the diet and it worked. And God was faithful then. But even if he happens to change his mind now, I will not change my mind that I'm going to be confident. Come on, let's give God just another praise break. For if he does not, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to praise him. Yes, I am. I'm still going to praise him. But if not, be it known unto your king that we will not serve your gods or worship the golden image that you have set up. What? You mean if God doesn't come through, you're still going to praise and worship God? And I know there's some of you right now. Come on. You've been there and you're going through hell. You're going through the valley, but you haven't thrown away your confidence. You still found the energy, the strength to make it here this morning or to watch online. You're saying, I'm going to stay with confidence. I don't know how this thing's going to end. But one thing I know is I'm persuading whom I believe that he's able to keep that which I've committed on to him I'm going to stay with confidence and this is the question because this is the pressure point because what happens is you have to live balance you have to live balance so how do we do it three things write this down we'll look at these three things for this month of how you can actually um, stay with confidence here's the three things first thing is this get a hold of confidence get a hold of confidence The thing that you are trusting, that your courage is in, that your assurance, your security is in, you got to let it go. And you got to get a hold of confidence. And so over here, what do you do over here? Over here, what you have to do is you have to hold, right? You have to hold fast to confidence. So in other words, I'm going to hold on to God's character over here. Right? That if he's the source of my confidence... And if I start with you, I'm going to hold to confidence over here. So over here, I'm holding on to a life of confidence. That's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. i got to hold on to it. I can't let it go. So my security, I'm holding on to it. And over here, what you have to do then is you have to now hold on to. So over here, I'm going to hold fast to. Over here, I'm going to hold on to what? My original confidence. When was the first time? God became a reality in your life. When was the first time you got a revelation beyond your parents, you got a revelation beyond everybody else, but you know in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ that he is your confidence. For me, I kid you not, the very thing that gives me the confidence is every time the enemy comes against me, every single time, every single time, I say to him, God was the one, when I literally had the vision, I was falling and the devil was waiting for me like this. And I saw a hand come down and grab me and said these words. You can't have this one. Good God almighty. What you talking about, Willis? He says, you can't have this one. And every single time I feel discouraged, every single time I feel pain in my body, come on somebody, I'm getting to that place, I'm playing golf and I'm like, oh my goodness. you know. Every single time that is happening, I know that though the outward man is perishing, there's an inner man inside of me, come on, that still remembers the God who rescued me back in 1988 when he told the devil, you can't have this one. And the same God who said that back then is, the same God telling me today the devil still can't have you bro can't have you so you got to get a hold of confidence I got to hold on to the source of my confidence and so what happens is I struggle because people's applause and and, and people's affirmation I feed on that but guess what it doesn't build myself it feeds my flesh and I got to be careful how to appreciate comments But don't let them become the cement of which I build my life on. And I gotta go back to the source, and I gotta be able to hold on to the word because as quickly as people can affirm you, they can also discourage you. And so you gotta hold on to confidence. So so the reason why we show up is because we have confidence. Not trying to defy anybody, we have confidence. The reason why I watch it online is because we have confidence, we're holding fast. And here's the deal: here's the deal. When we do that, when we hold fast to confidence, we actually Get the hand of God that is holding our calling and our career. And he's saying, this is the cross. He says, stay with confidence. Stay with, with confidence. The second thing you have to do then, you have to do, and we're going to go further into this one. The second one is, you have to stay the course, right now, stay the course in unshakable confidence, So it's not just to have a hold of confidence. He's saying stay the course in unshakable confidence. And what he means by this is three things. Here's the three things to recognize if it's unshakable. The first thing is this, and here's what we have to be able to do. So here in the situation, this is what the three Hebrew boys did. They looked at what was going on. They saw everything that was taking place, and here's what they said. They they said this. um, We have to first establish... What is obviously true. We have to establish that. We see the golden image. We hear the music. But what is true. See that's a fact. Come on. Those are facts that are in front of me. Come on. And facts can affect my feelings. Because the music. You know what I'm saying. You feel me. So I got to move out of my feelings. And I got to get to what is true, oh God. Because what is true is timeless. But what is fact is temporary. Good God Almighty. So your decree is temporary until the king of glory, come on, wants to move you out of the picture. So why would I do something temporary to affect something that's timeless? So what is obviously true, that's unshakable confidence. The second thing is not just establish what is obviously true. The second thing is the evidence of what is of great value. What is of great value? And so you want to be able to look and say, listen, this thing that I have my confidence, where is the great value? In other words, I'm willing to sacrifice everything to maintain or to hold on to this. It's not just value. It's of great value. I'm not talking about Walmart products. I'm talking about great value from the word of God. Right, And so what is of great value? What are your standards? What are your convictions? What are the things that you said, I will never, come on, I will never, ever bow to these things. I will never, ever bend. What is the thing, come on, that at your workplace, you tell them, listen, 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 come on. You could come this far, but when it comes to this, I got unshakable confidence. Unshakable confidence. That's what we need. And so we see these things over here. And so in the business world, they write about this thing. Here is my burden. Can I tell you my burden? My burden is this. I'm going to tell you anyways. But my burden is this. There is no way. And this is not. How do I explain this? I think every believer, you should get your domain name. You should. I think you should go and search, go daddy, whatever, search into whatever and get your name. And have it, have it there. Because I believe that there's going to be an economic shift that's taking place. I believe God is releasing creativity. I believe God is releasing entrepreneurship. I believe God is doing something in these end times. But we're not prepared. And so the world, whenever I read books on self-help and personal development, these guys are making serious money. Serious money. I remember I watched this one guy, Wayne Dyer is his name. And and so he, he was talking about he's in Hawaii and, and, and his lifestyle. And here's the thing. And here's the thing. To come to his conference, he doesn't trust you. You got to pay first. If you want to hear the secrets to having a great lifestyle, you got to buy this ticket and come first. But God says, that's not trust. Excuse me. That's not trust. But God says, I trust you all to come. Come on, somebody. And I have no, come on, you can come. And what he's saying is, because it's free, you think it's cheap. And so he's saying to the church, come on, rise up, rise up, have the confidence. The reason why, and I said, God, what's going on? Because every time I try to write my book, come on, my my, my self-confidence, no, the flesh comes in and says, no one's going to read it. And God said, is it about selling books or about obedience? I know God, but I want to be popular. Is it about obedience or is it about, come on, people buying your book? And so my friends who love me would say, I'll buy a copy. My wife says, I'll, I'll, I'll buy a copy. So God said, Look, the people around you who believe in you, who have confidence in you, they'll buy a copy of it. So i mean to tell you, we've got to do some practical things. Listen to me. You've got to prepare and set yourself up. You so I'm I'm you've got to live balance. Someone said, I'm going to live balance. You've got to live balance. I'm almost done, but you've got to live balance. Why? Because things that are of great value and things that are true will help you to stay in the pressure, in the pressure points with unshakable confidence. Unshakable confidence. I mean, so take that advice if you want to, but but I encourage you. So every single time a thought comes to me, I buy the domain name. I got rowananderson.org. I got rowananderson.com. I got cultureofchampions.net. I got cultureofchampions.org. Come on. I've got liveyourinspiredcoach. I got that. That's the one that I've sent out, and and that's the one you can go check it out. Liveinspiredcoach.com. Yes, I did. You sure I did? Someone blessed me with a seed, and I planted that baby in the ground. Oh, I'm teaching somebody this morning. Good God Almighty. I'm helping somebody. People have been giving seed and important to your life. Don't eat the seed. Plant the seed. And I have confidence that it's going to grow. It may not happen overnight, but don't go dig it up. Keep watering that thing, baby. Keep going back to keep watering it because it will grow. It will grow. And so I've got them out there. And whenever I meet with somebody, see, see, if you want to meet with me, oh, we're, we're, we're going to go there. Are you talking about your dream? Oh, you better believe I'm going to lock on that thing. Ask anybody. Oh, did you get your domain name yet? And I'm searching. Write a blog. You got something to say. Say something. I don't care what it is. But you got a message. And so your, your, your website or, or the blog or whatever gets you a seat at the table. Why? Because you have Confidence. What you offer is great value. Are you believing what I'm telling you? You are of great value that Jesus Christ, the word, became flesh and dwelt among us and he died on the cross. Why would God send his son to die who knew no sin, to die for people who sinned if he didn't have any great value? You have great value right over here. And the third thing is this. Here's why you have unshakable confidence. Here's why. Because you have elevated, or excuse me, you have evaluated, you have evaluated the consequences of rejecting the gospel of Jesus. You recognize, you recognize, they looked and they said, okay, king, we can bow and we won't burn. But the consequences is I'll be separated from God. Are you ready for this? You are a believer not because you don't want to go to hell get that out of your mind. You're a believer because you have confidence in the word of Jesus. That he will keep you, he will rescue you, and that you are loved, and that you are valued, and that you have truth. Listen to me, young people. That's the reason why. It's because of those three things. we got to get past this concept of just having fire insurance. Get that out of the way. That's not confidence. That's fear. I'm teaching this thing good. Yes, you are, bro. Yes, you are. And so what have we done? We have elevated flesh and called it, oh, be your true self. Devil is a liar. And we've elevated flesh and says, oh, you're a great value. No, you need to be corrected. And we have neglected to teach about the consequence. And You wonder why our kids have no, con- uh, no confidence. And they're, I'm indestructible. Oh, no, no. It's difficult to be indestructible and unshakable. You feel me? There's a difference. That was good. Here's my last point is this. We're going to go into it is this one. And this was so cool when I saw this. This was the Lord. I have to give him all the credit. This one was so cool. And I'm like, how do we stay with confidence, Lord? How did, how did these three Hebrew boys, and how did the book of Hebrews, these this comedian, how did they stay with confidence out of all the pressure? Here's what he told me. He said, they had, they had a three-strand cord of confidence. I said, Shadrach, Meshach, ah, there it is. That they had a three strand cord of confidence. So, an ecclesiastic that says a three strand cord is not easily broken. But here's what the Lord said when it comes to confidence it is, it is, it is, it is so tightly woven together that you could never be divided. He says The reason why the church is, be, is divided is because we have no confidence. And the moment we get the confidence, here's what happens. My last three things are this. And so for the rest of the month, I'm going to dive deeper into this thing. Because here's the deal. We've got to stay with confidence. Because if you think things are bad now, come on. Come on, help me, somebody. If you think things are bad now, you better read Revelation. But as much as things get this dark, the light good god almighty because i can't talk about the darkness and not talk about the light come on because the bible says we're sin abounds, grace abounds even more so our darkest moments is the greatest moment of our lives these are the moments to start business buy homes come on somebody whenever i drive by and i see an empty place that went out because of covid or whatever i'm like oh let's put a church there Come on, let's put a church over there. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Because we're going to have the money to go and say, listen, we'll pay you cash for that. Come on, I know there's a shortage of coins. Come on, but we've got a resource of heaven. And i got confidence to know that God is here. God is here. Okay, so here's the three things. And I'm done. The first thing is this. The first strand that we must have is in Christ alone. In Christ alone. You must be able to look at this and say, it's in Christ alone. My salvation is in Christ alone. My support is in Christ alone. That's what it is. So I'm okay with being alone because there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. So I'm okay to be alone. Ah, oh, I tell them all the time when I drive home and like I told you I pause I pray come on I see the power of God and I can just be in my car by myself and guess what I'm alone but I'm not lonely come on no 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 I got the father who loves me who's speaking life into me I can't have may God be the source of my confidence are you out of your mind as beautiful and wonderful get back in the spirit Rowan that she is you see what I'm saying I was about to go someplace and it's not rated J. But, but you see, as, as beautiful as she is, I've got to recognize she can't be the source of my confidence. So I realize that, no, it's in Christ alone because Megan wasn't there when I was at camp and I was going to hell. And when God says, you can't have this one, it's in Christ alone. The second thing, and here it is now, and this is why we fail to recognize. There's a difference between being the church and community. You are the church. That doesn't mean that you have community. And so everybody said, they didn't close the church. Oh, we've been deep. I'm like, are you telling me it took a pandemic to mobilize the church? That's a confirmation we have no confidence because we couldn't do it before then. So it's still out on whether God allowed it or God, okay, it's still out. The verdict is still out there. I don't know. God didn't tell me this is what he's doing. All I know is God was saying, I told y'all to make disciples 2,000 years ago. And that never changed. I gave it the book of Acts. And guess what? It didn't end. So I don't know when you all started with your thing, but my thing has always been going on. And so he says, it's not only in Christ alone, it's in community to get there. Because the writer of Hebrews says, don't forsake the assemble of yourself together. He didn't say stop being the church. Doesn't make any biblical sense to say that. Just as I'm building my church. You are the church. You are the church. You don't go to church. You are the church. The reason why you're here is for community. That's what the enemy is fighting us from. You don't need a state to tell you together. Come on, it's in the Bible. We got people getting beheaded for community. And so he tells us in his word, it's community. That's what we want. It's community. So we got to break that down, and we will in, in, in the weeks to come. Is what does it really mean to be in community? Together. Together. And the third strand. Which is the one that keeps it alive. Someone say it's alive. The third one is that we are in communion often. It says life is in the blood. And so we're saying that if this is in your blood, if confidence runs through you, you will have communion. So look at it, the three-strand cord of confidence. It is in Christ alone, it is in community together, and it is in communion often. These three things is what the Hebrew writer was saying to them. If you want to thrive in the midst of everything that was going on, this is how you do it. Now for Daniel, in the book of Daniel, what was the result? Of the three-strand cord of confidence. What was the result of what they did? Here's what they said. Oh, King, it's in Christ alone. It's a commute together. As long as I got two other people with me. it Don't take a massive. Come on. Three people. Three people brought in the power of God. Just three. Just three. And it's a communion often. And, and so, what was the result? What was the result of? Daniel chapter 3, the three Hebrew boys who stayed with confidence. Come on, what was the result of their confidence? What did they gain for defying the king's order? What was the thing that was true for them? What was the thing that they valued so much? What was the thing that they recognized the consequences of it? You ready for this? Here is what it was. It was for the presence of Jesus. Because when the king threw them into the fire, the Bible says that they were no longer bound. Oh, good God Almighty. They weren't bound by the culture. They weren't bound by the human institution. They weren't bound by a system. No, the fire of God burnt off that, but they were still bound together in Christ. And the rest of the story says, Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he says, he says, um, one second. Um, how many people did we throw into the fire? He says, king, you threw three people in. He says, so how come? Ooh, good God Almighty. Ooh, let's end right there. How come? If that's what you're telling me that you did. If that's the fact, why is the fact bothering me? Come on. How come I see one? As the son of God, because Jesus came and says, "Your confidence birthed me in." Come on, before the cross. Oh, come on, your confidence can usher in things. Come on, that exceeds time. Woo. That their confidence brought in the son of God before the cross. Oh. He says, how come I see a fourth one walking around in the fire with them? And that's because you must understand, if I stay with confidence, come on, that Jesus will show up. It may seem right now that he's distant. No, baby, you keep standing firm. Don't you bow. Don't you bend. Know you have of great value. Know the truth because here is the deal. Jesus is with you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Jesus, you're so good. You're so good. Where are you on this board? Don't leave here without saying, God, I need to know where my confidence comes from. And over here, you have decisions to make. There are opportunities in front of you. And so pray and say, God, help me. Help me. Give me self-confidence to know my value. To know that things that are true, I will think on those things. And help me, God, to recognize the consequences of not walking in obedience to what you say for me to do. Father in Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, Pastor Roe, thank you for painting the picture of confidence for me. I've been living out of balance and I now want to live a balanced life because you see, living balanced means there's going to be pressure points. It means there's going to be opportunities for you to have to declare your confession and declare who you are. Perhaps you're hearing you're saying, Pastor, how do I start with confidence? Okay, I got the source. How, How do I start with confidence? Here's the deal. Here's what you need to know. See, confidence is in the call of God to do his will. And that is exactly how you will stay with confidence. Is because you are saying, God, I want to do your will. Right now, if God has spoken to you and you know the will of God for your life, I'm going to pray for you that this is the season, this is the month of where you now step out by faith, and trust God for what God has told you to do. Yes, in the midst of what's going on. Don't you bow. Don't you bend to the culture. Don't you bow and don't you give in. No, no, no. Stay with confidence in this hour. those who are watching, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you. That's where you start. You start with Jesus as your Lord and Savior. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 20 more seconds, go ahead, praise team, and just praise and worship the Lord, wherever you are in this board, praise God, because you, you, wherever you are, if you know the source of your confidence, praise him, if you want to start with confidence, praise him, if you need strong confidence, praise him, if you need self-confidence, praise him, wherever you are, come on, just take 20 seconds now go ahead, praise team, and sing, and let's